Good morning. Uh, would you please open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, you can use uh, page-filled Bibles in front of you if you brought your own, or you can feel free to use uh, a device. And I want to tell you something that we've started, and if you have the uh, version of the Bible, if you open the app on the home page, you'll see in the bottom corner where there are three little lines. If you click on those three lines, there's an, a subject called events. If you click on events, you will have the option of choosing Spring Lake Church downtown. And it's actually the first option, and it will give you the notes. It will give you the Bible verses we're going to look at. It'll take you through what we're going to talk about and give you a place to record notes. So you can do that right on your phone. And if you have any technical questions, ask somebody else. All right? But that is available to you now. Uh, has anyone ever been doing something in life or trying something new and you're approached and the question you're asked is, what in the world are you doing? And that's usually not a positive question. It's usually a, a question that either comes out of doubt, fear, concern, or just straight up curiosity. What in the world are you doing? I've been asked that question a number of times in my life. And there's usually one of three answers that go with the question. The first answer is simply, I have no idea. I don't know what I'm doing. And usually that answer comes when it's topics like electricity, plumbing, mathematics, or electronics. I have no idea what, it, what I'm doing when it comes to that. There's a second answer that I could give that has a little bit more confidence behind it, but not always a lot. Someone may ask, what in the world are you doing? And I have to start by saying, let me explain. And if I have to explain, that means I haven't fully figured it out myself. You see, we're going to try this, and then we're going to loop this around to that. And, and if that works, then maybe we can do that. And if I look squinting through my left eye, I can see how this could all work out. But that doesn't mean I actually know it's going to work out. The third answer to the question, what in the world are you doing, is one that I usually will give with confidence. And I'll start with something that sounds like this. It's simple. And what that means is it's been thought through. I know A plus B plus C is going to equal where we need to be. Usually a team is involved or it's been planned ahead of time. When this new series that we're going to be starting today, what in the world are you doing, the goal is for as a church, for us to be able to look at where the church is headed, where church leadership things see, sees things headed, and be able to answer together, it's simple. You see, churches are phenomenal at making things complicated. We are great at taking what the Bible says and what Jesus said and what the challenges are to the church and saying, oh, but if we add this, or I like this tradition, what if we put this in? Or, well, that's my seat. And we add more to it than what was meant. I heard a pastor say one time, I think if Jesus visited many of our churches today, he'd have no idea what to do. Because we're great at making things complicated. This happened back in Bible days. There's a church we're going to talk about them in a minute in a city called Corinth. And you look at what they're doing, and when Paul writes them, he has to ask them the question, what in the world are you doing? Because they're following people. And they've got this political divide thing coming up. And everyone has their, their pet peeve. And they just get, because of this, there's no accountability, no true leadership, and they go off the rails. You'll read in 1 Corinthians that when they would take communion, 
the church would get drunk off of the communion. Hence the invention of little communion tables. There's actually a part in 1 Corinthians that says that there is a man in intimate relationship with his dad's wife. It always gets a little creepy weird in here when you start talking about that. This church had gone off the rails. Paul's asking him, what are you doing? And throughout the book of 1 Corinthians, he keeps going back to this. You're divided on so many things. You have your own little cliques. You have your own little people you want to follow. You have your own little pet peeves or your own little sacred cows. And Paul says, the call and the choice is to be united. 1 Corinthians 1.10 is on your outline. It will be on the screen as well. Paul writes them in the first chapter and says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Easier said than done. He goes on in 1 Corinthians 3. Let's read this together. 1 Corinthians 3, starting at 1. says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it yet. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, well, I follow Paul, and another says, well, I follow Apollos, Are you not mere human beings? What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each a task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-laborers, co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. You are God's building. Jump down to verse 16. He says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred. And you together are that temple. Paul's making it really clear. There are no lone rangers. There are no individuals. We are a family. We are called into this together. We link arms. Paul goes on later in 1 Corinthians 12 to use the the picture of a body that's functioning well together. Because it recognizes that all parts of the body are needed. Paul writes, the hand, the the foot cannot say to the hand, you're not a foot. You're not going to get me anywhere. I don't need you. The eye cannot say to the ear, you know, I see where we're going. I know what's going on. I don't need you. Paul says every part of the body is necessary. You say, well, that's Corinth. Yeah, that's a weird church it sounds like anyway. Paul has to have the same conversations with a church in a city called Philippi in the book of Philippians. Philippians 1.27, he writes, Nevertheless, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, 
contending side by side for the faith of the gospel. Side by side, not face to face. Working together, moving forward. Philippians chapter 2, same people. Paul says, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, but being of one in spirit and of one mind. Well, you say, that's just Corinth, that's just Philippi. He has to do the same thing in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, I'm just going to read verse 3. Paul says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Unity is a choice. Unity is a choice. To function together, to walk together is a choice. Divisions happened in the early church as close as they were to the time of Jesus. And I'll tell you now, divisions happen in the church today. Most church rifts, most church splits don't happen because of doctrinal reasons. Most of them happen because of pet peeves, personal preferences. The church gets rocked when things get changed and, and people's comfort zones get messed with. It messes with their sacred cow. There's only one good thing to do with a sacred cow. That's to have a barbecue. We get wrapped up in what we want. Almost a year ago to the weekend, uh, Gene Hecock was with Chuck. And I have the utmost respect for Gene. If you're newer to Spring Lake, you may not know. Spring Lake went through a very tumultuous season. And Gene came in, and Gene was really a voice of wisdom and truth. And along with the leadership that was in place at that time, really laid a solid foundation that Spring Lake could go forward on. Gene was brilliant in, in uh, some of the things he had to maneuver, and I know he's someone who really went after God's, God's heart through the whole process. As Gene was talking, when he was here last week, he said something that stuck with me. He said, Spring Lake was never a bad church. It was just a big church. Chasing a lot of different ideas, chasing a lot of different ministry ventures, going after, well, what I want, then what I want, then what I want. Going after a lot of things, and it's the same thing Paul was talking about with Corinth. It's time to get on the same page and move forward. The goal is in this series to do that, so we can stay together. If anyone asks, what in the world is going on over at that church? We can say it's the gospel and explain to them where we are. Now, I want to let you know there's going to be, that was introduction number one. There's introduction number two and introduction number three before we get into the message, okay? So that was introduction number one. Introduction number two is where are we going with this series? You see, these are crucial pieces that we're going to talk about over this month. One of the crucial pieces is our doctrinal statement. Our doctrinal statement are our guardrail. We can be unified, but if we are unified away from what the Bible says, we are unified and wrong. We've got to stay on track with what Scripture says. You may be visiting here at Spring Lake, you may still be checking it out. You're not sure about the whole Bible thing to begin with. I want to let you know our heart is to teach the Bible in its truth. We want you to hear what's taught and be able to say, okay, that's what Scripture says. You've got to decide what you're going to do with Jesus. But we want to stay on track inside the rail or on the rails in regard to doctrinal truth. Now, we're not going to be able to cover our doctrinal statement in this series. It would, it would be too much. So what we're doing is, a little further down the road this year, we're going to give it its own series. We're going to take an entire series to cover uh, the doctrinal statement. What we are going to look at, and we're going to start with today, first is our core values. 
This is really our DNA. This is the heart of what we're doing. This is the thing that if you cut us, hopefully we believe this in regard to our attitude toward each other and toward Jesus and toward the mission and what he's called us to. The second thing we'll look at today is our vision statement. Our vision statement is kind of our our true north. And in this vision statement, you're going to hear where church leadership, this goes back a few years now, but where they really saw a direction heading. And if you've been around Spring Lake for a while, you may have heard this before, but as the old adage says, when you think you've started hearing something too much, you've probably just heard it enough. Why are we doing this series? What? There are three questions we want to answer every week. The first one is this, why do we even exist? Why in the world do we exist? If Spring Lake disappeared from the city tomorrow, first of all, would Green Bay care? Second of all, would they even notice? Why are we here? Secondly, what are we doing? What in the world are we doing? We didn't do it like this at my last church. Well, we didn't do it like this a couple of years ago. We don't, what are we doing and why? We're going to dig into that question. We're going to ask the question, how are we going to get there? How will we accomplish these things that we're talking about ministry-wise? And then a kind of a sub-point, which I hope you get to see, is who's helping make these decisions? Because this is not staff sitting in a little cubicle or a a corner somewhere making all the decisions. Or better yet, it's Pastor Jack sitting in his office saying, this is what I'm going to do to Spring Lake Church. Thank you. It's none of that. We have amazing volunteers at every level through this church. And one of the places where we have these amazing volunteers are our ministry team. And they work with the staff. You'll hear about that in the weeks to come. I have a team. I am one of the elders. And being one of the elders, I am accountable to the elder board. This picture is the team I'm a part of. It may be a little hard to see, but just going from uh, left to right, there's Dennis Van Lannan and his wife Kristen. There's myself and my wife Gina. Butch Suckert and his wife Lori. Dave Swanson and his wife Leslie. Mike Favich and his wife Kim. Bart Lebinski and his wife, Renee. Why are we here? Why do we exist? Where are we going? How are we going to get there? Why ask these questions? First of all, asking these questions will hopefully answer questions for you. Questions you may be asking like, is this the place for me? Is Spring Lake the place where I can grow and be fed or not? Once again, Spring Lake Church is for anyone, but that doesn't mean it's for everyone. Where do I fit in? Where do I serve? Why is this even important? Because when Jesus talked about servant leadership and serving one another, he meant it. We want to be a part of that. What's my next step? What's the next thing I should be involved in? We want to answer that each week. Some of you may be asking, where are my funds going? You know, being unified and working together, this giving piece is a, is a crucial part of that. Where's it going? Now, we're not going to have enough time to really dig deep into children and student ministries through this series, but you're going to hear as far as missions, as far as more and better disciples in Spring Lake, as far as loving God. What does this even look like? We're going to dig in to all of those. Now, that was introductions one, two, and three. Let's get on the road talk about our core values here's the first core value love love it starts and ends with love 
love God and love others. In Matthew chapter 22, someone approaches Jesus and says, what's the greatest commandment? What's the one I've got to make sure I fulfill? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And then he says, and the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. Jesus says, if you do these two things, you'll fulfill all of the other commandments. It starts and it ends with love. Loving people in the building. Loving people on the street. Loving people who are in our church. Loving people who are disenfranchised. It starts and ends with love. If we stop functioning in love, we will start functioning as Pharisees. Starts and ends with love. Secondly, we have an attitude of worship and gratitude. Worship and gratitude. We will praise him for who he is. We will not take his life for granted. And we will have an attitude of gratitude to God during the joys and challenges of life. When you read through the Psalms, David spells this out over and over again. Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, that includes us. Worship the Lord in gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It's he who has made us. Made us enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Worship and gratitude. Thirdly, we'll be a church that's about disciple making. Not disciple making, making disciples after any man. But making disciples after the heart of Jesus. Jesus is at the center of it all. The heart of all we do focuses on Christ. Our message is his message from scripture. Our assignment is his assignment to the church. We make disciples to make disciples. Jesus' last charge, the last chapter, the last part of the book of Matthew is this. Go, make disciples of all nations. Fourthly, we equip ourselves and others. Encouraging and equipping people of all ages in the spiritual practices, Bible reading, prayer, worship, Bible study, fellowship, integrity. What if integrity was a true trademark of a church of followers? Could they make a difference in a culture of shame? Service, sharing our faith. Now next week, Adam and I are going to dive headfirst into this because it's a core part of our mission as well. Number five, contributing and not just consuming. Contributing and not just consuming. We want to put an end to the radio station WIIFM. What's in it for me? We will allow God to work through us using the knowledge, gifts, and skills that he has entrusted to us to bless our life group, church family, and the community where we live and work. Romans 12 Verse 4 through 8, verse 5 in particular says, we're not here as parts of the body for ourselves. We are here to serve one another. You serve you, you serve you, you serve you, you serve you, I serve you, we serve together. I'm here for you, you're here for me. Look at the body and the power that we have. Number six, devotion. We will consistently do what is needed to stay effective in service. God. Always looking for God 
given, uh, looking for God-given opportunities, we will not be afraid to try something new that will be effective. Now, this one messes with people. Because if there's anywhere where you want to go and you want to feel safe and you want to know what's going on, it's usually church. We show up, we have a set time, we have a set seat, we have a set type of coffee, we have a set favorite song, we have a set favorite style of worship. We like to feel secure in church. But sometimes those places of security and comfort lose their effectiveness when you make them more of a place of presence. Sometimes we need to be able to change it up in service conferences, ministry uh, events, or styles. We need to, what in the world are you doing? And listen, I get the emails when we make these changes. I understand. But I need to ask you two things. Number one, for the grace to make the changes to be effective. For the grace to make the changes to be effective was in Green Bay and was in Spring Lake. And here's the second thing I want to ask. For the grace to skin our knees sometimes because we won't always get it in the right place. I value change. I like change. About two years ago, I had this idea. I'm going to change the way I do a message. And I flipped it on its head and I was trying a whole new approach. And three minutes into the message, I knew it was not working. I could tell it was glass eyes in front of me, and I'm reading, and I'm looking at my notes going, this isn't good. So I got home hoping for a little encouragement. You have to know my wife for me to say this, but go with me. I went to my wife, and I said, Gina, how do you think it went? I knew I was in trouble by her response. She said, how do you think it went? And I said, was it really that bad? And my wife goes, "Mm." we'll skin our knees. We're not going to get it perfect. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, we're going we're gonna to mess up a couple of times. But we want to be de- uh, devoted to being effective for the kingdom. Seventh is excellence. Excellence. We value doing things well as a church. We don't look for perfection, but we want everything we do to honor God. We want to do it well. It's just the church. It's just for God. I can do it last minute. I, can, I don't need to practice. I don't need to prepare. It's just, it's just us. We're only doing it for God. Exactly. That's why we need to do it well. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not worship before God. That's the road. That's part of our DNA as the core values. Where is this taking us? It's taking us toward our vision statement, towards something else. It'll be on the screens. I'd like us to read it together. Our vision statement. Ready? Spring Lake Church, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will develop and equip tens of thousands of people to be Christ followers and disciple makers, resulting in an enduring legacy of God's love in northeastern Wisconsin and the world. I want to focus on that resulting in part. We've talked about the first part uh, in several different series we've done. You can go online and see those. But that resulting in, see, these are the results, honestly, that should outlast us. You and I are going to be gone, and hopefully we have passed on a baton to the next generation, to the next new believer of what it looks like for an enduring legacy of God's love in northeastern Wisconsin and the world. See, at the end of the day, it's about the resulting in. At the end of the day, it's about the fruit, 
not about the watering schedule. The watering schedule may change. The nutrients we put around the ground of the tree may change. Why? Because the goal is more and better fruit, not convenience for me and get out. More and better fruit. Are people learning about and growing in God? It's about Several years ago, I was working at a health club, and I was part of selling health club membership. And if you ever want to sell health club memberships, this is the time of year to do it. People show up at the gym, and it's like a membership for you, and a membership for you, and a membership for you. And it looked good. We'd stand around and go, wow, you sold 30 this week. I sold 70. Well, you sold 40. And, and it was impressive. And the good news slash bad news is those people who all signed up, not all of them showed up at the gym because if all who signed up showed up at the gym, we wouldn't have had room. There were some people who got way into signing up at the gym. They got the new tops and the new matching shorts and their little yoga pants for the class and new shoes. And they may even show up at the gym. They may show up because they like the vibe and they know some people. And it looks good to take a selfie in front of the, the stationary bike or a weight set. But they have no intention of getting involved in the gym. I want to look like I'm at the gym. I got my grind on. But I don't want to be a part of what goes on at the gym. I have no intention of getting stinky or sweaty or dirty or being stretched or being a little bit sore. And I want to challenge the church that we are not in the business of being proud of how many gym memberships we have and how many people we put in a seat. Our goal is to see people maybe get a little stinky and a little sweaty and work a little bit harder than maybe has been comfortable for them in the past, and stretch a little bit. I want to say, we may or we may not do the gym for the glory of God. And we can grow and challenge and stretch and move us forward. I'd ask you to be praying about that through this series. This place should feel like a home. Some of you are going, if your home's a gym, you're sick. It should be a place where you feel part people moving in the same direction family can be honest and real family is where you feel you belong and if you find that place if you find that church it will help you define before God and people what in the world it is that you are supposed to be doing bow your heads with me please for some of you this has already been answered you know Spring Lake is where God has called you for others of you you're you're wondering, maybe you're new here, maybe you've been around, and there's been a change in you. I would ask for all of us during this series to say, Lord, where do you want me to be? Where do I fit in your kingdom? Whether it's in this local expression of the body of Christ or another, if it's here, where do I fit? How do I fit? What's my heart? What's your heart for me? Thank you, sweet Aramis. That question is yours. God, I thank you for the local church. I thank you, Lord, for our purpose. And it's more than to be a social club. It's more than to be comfortable. It's more than to have our, uh, our own personal needs scratched, itches scratched. But, God, it's about serving you and being part of your kingdom in this local body. May we continue to move the ball down the field, Lord, seeing your goals, your vision for us. Green Bay, Wisconsin.
northeast of Kansas City.